you and welcome to podcast your Harry Potter happy place. This is episode 78 on May 17th, 2023 of the Lord Voldemort, our lovely Lord Voldemort, all hail Lord <laughs> Excuse Voldemort. me. <laughs> what? Snape. 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 <laughs> Dumbledore! Okay, now that we've gotten that out of our system. Uh, <laughs> welcome, <laughs> listeners. Hello, everyone. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. It's Snape and Juliana and also... Melanie. <laughs> hello. Yeah. Hello. And also, as you hear that other voice behind us, that is our lovely special guest we have for today. And that is our friend and a wand maker and a Snape enthusiast, Roy. Welcome, Roy, to the podcast. Yay. Yeah, thank you very much for inviting. It's very happy to be here. <laughs> I mean, this is a long time coming where we wanted to have you on the podcast. We keep like a backlog list of all of our secret special guest people we'd like to have on. And you've been on that special secret list for a long time. For quite a okay. while, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. I'm honored. I'm honored. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm doing well. Uh, having uh, this weekend off from my model job. So. Oh, good. Good. I had an opportunity to make one or two ones this weekend. So, not too shabby. Nice. Would you like to give the listeners a little bit of information about yourself, Roy? Uh, yeah, I'm uh, Roy. Roy Stuffer from uh, Snivellous Ones. I'm a head chef in a hotel for my model job. And to leave a little bit of stress in from all the hard work, I make ones in my spare time. Uh, I live in uh, Ubach over Worms. That's in the deep south of the Netherlands in a province called Limburg. And I live there with my wife and my two lovely cats. Oh, okay. And what is your house, Roy? My house is Hufflepuff, of course. Yay! What else? Yay. Uh, preferred pronouns are him, he. My Patronus is uh, surprisingly a gray squirrel. Oh, oh so okay. cute. Yeah. Would you choose a gray squirrel for yourself? Uh, yeah, I think I would choose that one. Okay. They're, they're cute. They're a little puffy, so they're little scoundrels. They're just rather I feel like it's very fitting for a wand maker. Yeah, the forest and the woods are a place where I want to be, so because mm -hmm. that's where I get my woods and my calm and my walks. So yeah, and, and you also make birdhouses too, which is yeah, notorious I, for squirrel break-ins. <laughs> I, I used to, I used to make them because I put that a little bit on the side because uh, mm -hmm. wand make now my uh, number one hobby. My wand is a black walnut, mm -hmm. thirteen inches long, preferably. And now for the main question, my favorite food that's not pizza, and that's sushi. Okay. And you give us a little bit of information about yourself already, Roy. You are a head chef. You're a husband. You are a wand maker. Anything else you want to let the listeners know just briefly before we head into the news section? Yeah, before I got to know Harry Potter, when I was an eight-year-old boy, I got um, invited by a birthday party to a cinema, and there was a Star Wars movie playing at that time, The Empire Strikes Back. Oh, okay. Uh, never heard of Star Wars at that time, but when the movie was over, I was a fan. <laughs> nice. A little bit like uh, Eric in the previous episode. Um, yeah. It all began with Star Wars, and it's ended with right where I'm now. Because we're making the walls, uh, Harry Potter is. Uh, Star Wars will always be my first love. Yeah, there definitely is a large crossover of people who are Star Wars fans and Harry Potter fans. So mm -hmm. you're definitely not alone. Or or it's a lightsaber or it's the wand. It's just the wand is a small version of a lightsaber. So. I actually, over the last weekend, because when we're recording this, listeners, it is May 7th. So May the 4th, which is National Star Wars, International Star Wars Day, yeah. has just happened. And I've right. actually seen a fair number of wands that are 
lightsabers just because of the number of people I follow on Instagram who are wand makers. <laughs> really ups my chances of seeing these wands. But <laughs> there are people who have made lightsaber themed wands that are fully made of wood and look like little mini lightsabers, which I thought were very nice. Yeah. Nice little crossover right there. It's a great little community that you guys have over there. We can't speak kindly enough of it. And listeners to this show already know we are fans of wand makers unless they have no brains in their heads. To that, I say, oh, oh, well. Um, but. Okay. <laughs> that, that are your words, right? Yeah, those are my words. Not I, <laughs> All statements made by Juliana are statements made by Juliana. Okay. Yes, so. <laughs> <laughs> so that's really, let's make that all clear. Yeah. Depending on the grade of severity, I might cut it out and put it in the bloopers. So sometimes you can hear the very hot takes from Juliana yeah. only there and not on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I get a little spicy. <laughs> So, before we get into our main discussion, let's head on into the news. Do-do-do-do-do-do! News! <sighs> Hello, listeners, and welcome to the afternoon slash evening news. Afternoon for me, evening for our other two friends here. Yep. Yep. And today we have a decent amount of things on the docket. And I think, Mel, I'd like you to start off with the first one, because I know this is something that's directly related to Pertego in some capacity. And so maybe you uh, want to let us know. No, it actually isn't. But she has been writing the Harry Potter vegan cookbook with our former founder and president of Protego Foundation, Tyler Starr. But Imana is coming out with a new book, so I thought it would be worth mentioning because this seems like a fun thing. It's called Where in the Wizarding World? A hidden object book inspired by the adventures of Harry Potter by Imana Grasshouse. Grasshouse. It's a Dutch name. So uh, the release date is September 12th this year, and this book is beautifully pictured. As we know from her former work and from her Instagram, please go and check that out. She is so great at baking images. Uh, This beautiful book, it says, presents readers with more than 20 widescreen photographic spreads that capture the magic and mystery of Harry Potter book and film series. Each spread features dozens of elements with at least 10 items hidden throughout each spread. Readers will be challenged to scour the jam-packed pages in search of these elusive treasures. Each image is inspired by an iconic setting from the Harry Potter story, from a great dining hall to a classroom devoted to potions and other compelling magic. You'll spend hours poring over those extraordinary images, it says, looking for those special hidden objects, but also just marveling at the beauty of what this world of magic has to offer. We have a small table of contents here. Every house has their own page, for example. Yeah. They're having fun names like the Badger's Borough, the House of Learning, and so on. Then we have the Dungeons, the beloved Wizarding Pub. It's like very interesting to go through, I think. This is like kind of like Puff's level workarounds. <laughs> yes. So you're not saying what it is in the trademarked words, but you're saying what it is to people who know what it is. Exactly. Yes. So this seems like a fun item to pass time with and probably very interesting for kids as well. So again, the release date is September 12th, 2023. So go and check that out. Yes. And speaking of new books that are coming out, we do get the announcement of the next Cormoran Strike book, which I know Mel and I are both reading, and is going to be called The Running Grave. It's going to be released on Tuesday, 26th of September. This title is likely inspired by a poem called When Like Running a Grave by Dylan Thomas. And we don't really have any other information beyond that. And so we'll just kind of wait and see what happens. 
And then we also have a much more exciting announcement, and that is that the interactive experience Harry Potter Magic at Play, which debuted last November in Chicago, Illinois, is right after I ran the Chicago Marathon, so I couldn't go because it was literally like a month after I was there, is set to run through April, now extended through September 4th, which is super exciting and honestly probably the smartest decision that these people have ever made because they have a full Harry Potter conference coming to their city over the summer. So yeah. I will be going to this. There will be a big group of us who are also going to LeakyCon who will be attending this event for the first time. So look forward to a review of that along with our review that we're going to end up doing of all things LeakyCon related. And I will be doing an interview panel with Wally Hamad and James Payton. So look forward to that. We'll be recording that and putting that on the pod feed at some point. And then we also did have the announcement that the Harry Potter A Yule Ball celebration is going to be making its way down to Paddington Town Hall. It's Sydney, Australia. They're getting that nature exhibition that is coming to their natural museum about the Fantastic Beasts, and they're getting a Yule Ball. So shout out to you, Australia, for really just like bringing home some of the events this year, you know? Yeah. That's very exciting. Um, and then we also did get some more information about the Magic Awakened video game, which I was not able to play, but Mel was in the trial period group of countries that was allowed to play the not quite finished version of this game yet. And we would like to get a few quick words from Mel about her experience with the game. Yeah, so now, as we have reported already in, I believe, the last episode or one before, there is an official launch now in certain areas with the almost finished game. Mm-hmm. And uh, I am lucky enough to be again in that group. It's available here in Finland. And I've been playing just a little bit. I didn't have enough time to go through it very far. But it feels different. The graphics are still very pretty. I still love the style. We have seen some pictures of it already back then that we posted on our socials. They have changed up a little bit, not to the better in my opinion. The walking control is very weird. It's in the bottom corner of your screen and it's just very... Maybe you just have to get used to it. I don't know. I'm not a big fan of it. Apparently, so far, you can't really choose your want. You can't change it up either. So right now, I feel like it is more of a more on the simpler side of a game for kids. It has lots of Harry Potter flashbacks from that story, at least in the beginning. The little parts that you are playing are very simple and and short. So overall, I have to say, not so impressed right now. Maybe it's still gonna get better when it's really finished properly, especially after we have gotten Hogwarts Legacy, and that one is so beautiful and so immersive and amazing that this game is unfortunately looking very sad next to that even though the graphics are beautiful let's see i'm still gonna give it a chance but for now not that big of a fan unfortunately yeah i think we also have to think like this is a phone game that's true there's only so much you can do on a phone game too yeah of course but many months ago when i was able to do the beta testing it felt better and nicer and more uh, exciting in some way. We were just spoiled by Hogwarts Legacy too. <laughs> that could easily be it. If any of you are actually testing it right now, if you're able to, again, as we always say, let us know. We would yeah. love to hear what you think and then we can get more into that. But, Juliana, yeah. what's next? Yeah, so happy International Harry Potter Day to everyone, aka the Battle of Hogwarts. 
But we have an announcement that's related to what we just talked about, and that is as of May 5th, PlayStation 4 and Xbox One now have the full Hogwarts Legacy game available to be playing. So the only people that we're holding out on as of right now are your girl Juliana and all her friends playing the Nintendo Switch. So (laughs) I'm still waiting. I mean, because I still don't play, so... And Roy, okay. because he's not playing, he doesn't do video games, and that's why. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the last console I bought was a Wii, and it's like 12 years ago, and that's the last one. So. Oh, yeah. That's about it. Yeah, yeah, I've seen the graphics of the games, and I got a lot of requests from people who made their own want in the game. Mm. Oh, cool. So, that's yeah, very exciting. Yeah. yeah. Along with the release of the game, we are also getting a update and a patch, as they call it. I call it an updates patch, same thing. But this patch is coming with a few exciting things, one of which is a brand new song that is going to be played within the game. Mm-hmm. And then something else that Mel was excited about, because I know when she first played the game, this was a big point of contention for her. <laughs> and also, not just her, but a lot of other people too. This is definitely the creepiest element, besides the <laughs> besides the Inferni. Like, this is the... Oh my god, they are. Creepiest element element of the game. I hate the Inferni. Actually, you know what the creepiest element of the game is? It's only in the PlayStation-specific exclusive quest that you get. So you oh, can't the doll, the, the yeah, the dolls, the dolls. yeah, that's yeah. the worst part. The that's mannequin, the, yeah, yeah, the mannequins are oh. by far like the. I hated that. I watched a playthrough <laughs> of that and I hated it so much. Like I've seen it too. Oh my god, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, Patrick showed it to me. It's really, really creepy. But as everyone by now knows, I absolutely fear spiders, and the game, of course, has lots of spiders, and there are it's a lot of spiders. Either you encounter them like along the way while you go somewhere, they are usually in like small, like foresty parts, or they are in the caves. And if they're in the caves, they're also running above your head and in all directions. Yeah, it's like absolutely freaky. And I hate them so much. I am just like seriously screaming. <laughs> I'm annoying everyone else in my house. <laughs> But one of the patches that has been actually released already, there are apparently some more coming, but the newest one is an arachnophobia mode. You can kind of disguise your spiders into the version that Ron has in, at least in the movie, where Mm -hmm. he's turning it into having the roller skates under the feet and they get some kind of cartoon kind of look to them yeah with red glowing eyes it's still looking scary a little bit (laughs) it's definitely not as bad as the original spider so but it makes it definitely better and i'm feeling so happy that this is out and i'm sure it's gonna help a lot of people who are very relieved about this so thanks parth also for mentioning it to me he was tagging me right away under this saying i'm sure you would love this (laughs) Mm. so thank you for that Okay, and then we have two other short announcements. Um, So the first one is something that I know has been more of a topic currently and it is a an open letter from harry potter fans against transphobia opposing the harry potter tv reboot we know that people have fallen on both sides of the fence for this people who are excited people are not for different reasons and rationales and all are valid and this is an open letter it's associated with a petition that was created by lark mckay malachie gray and jesse blout of the hashtag ruthless productions which they were in charge of the gaily prophet 
for a while, which is a podcast that has since ended. And the description of the petition is an open letter hosted by Action Network with notes from Harry Potter fans against transphobia's aims and references comments made by the Harry Potter author JKR in relation to the transgender community, just because Rowling was described as an executive producer on the TV show. And this is something that people have been very much so against. And it says, in April, HBO announced the launch of the new Harry Potter TV series. As longtime fans of the series, we wish we could be excited, but because of the harm that J.K. Rowling perpetuates against trans people, we just can't be. This is why we're asking HBO to cancel the show and not platform transphobia. So if this is something that you can get behind, I'm happy to share the link if you'd like to sign against it. And we totally get it. Again, we support the fans and the fandom. We're excited to see some of the show. But in a way, I mean, I definitely would prefer if J.K.R. had, if they just like paid her off and she had nothing to do with us because she's just a, not a nice person. Yeah. If you'd like more information, okay. let us know. But the last announcement is that MistyCon is having their Tangmere reunion, which is a not necessarily, they don't consider it a full-on con, but an intimate fandom gathering, more or less. It is capped at like 300 people, I think. The best thing that's happening with MistyCon is that our friend Jeff will be performing at MistyCon. So they will be part of the Wizard Rock lineup that they have. So if you will be at MistyCon, look forward to seeing Jeff there. And that is happening May 19th through 22nd. I believe there are still tickets if you'd like to buy them. And that's in Laconia, New Hampshire. Then in our feedback section, we had a question from Buttercup. Do you think that witches and wizards should use their magic to help the environment? Why should they not get involved or why should they get involved? We took a poll, uh, both on the Puffcast account, I did one on my account as well, and both of them were all positive. Everyone was like, yes, they should. (laughs) Really, every single one, not one person said no. And we have a couple of answers also as to why they think that they should be helping. So Roy, would you like to read your own answer maybe? Yeah, sure. I think uh, magic seems to be the only solution at this moment to stop global warming. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, humans are not doing a great job of putting in much of an effort, but I think that wizards could do a lot of helping with this. Um, Yeah, I think they can. Maybe we're just in time at this moment, but I think we're already too late for stopping that one because their goal is to let the Earth not get warmer with plus two degrees in years. Mm -hmm. But yeah, then when when it's plus two degrees everywhere, then all gaps are gone. We got waters, uh, floods, rain. I mean, we had like one of the mildest winters we've ever had here. Yeah. 40 plus degrees in the summer, uh, winters with plus 10, it doesn't freeze anymore. Yeah. It's getting a problem everywhere. Mm-hmm. Even up here in Finland, I can tell that every winter is kind of getting yeah less wintry, warmer, and usually we would have like minus 30 degrees or something and like lots of snow, but it's been getting much, much different so yeah Mm -hmm. you can definitely tell okay so we have a couple more answers we had so many i just picked a couple for us so that we can get through it we also had a message from valerie she's one of our friends from the protego foundation she said so many animals are suffering because of what humans have done to the environment and if any suffering could be alleviated with magic it would improve many lives and help bring back balance which yeah i agree yeah And then we had our friend Aurora who said, interesting thought, but does magic cause pollution or is it considered clean energy? And I said, hmm, that's actually a pretty good question because is there a byproduct of magic happening? Like the butterfly effect. Yeah. Every reaction should have a reaction. 
even just the the idea and the fact, I guess, that energy is not created. It's just kind of exchanged throughout the world. So you can't create energy, but you can pass it on from one thing to the next, you know? I don't know. Does doing magic create, like, magical fumes that you have to control? I don't know where we stand on that. What side effect could it have? Yeah, definitely would be interesting. Definitely something to think about, and I don't have an answer to that, but... Yeah, um... yeah me neither, so... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe our friend Eric does. Eric, let us know. Does magic cause pollution? Yeah, I think that would be a good answer, a, a good question for Eric. So, yeah. Eric, send us your answer. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Eric is an expert on that one. Huh? Uh-huh. Yeah, he knows his stuff. So, another friend from our Protego Foundation Discord from Nicole, I included her answer because I asked them there and I really liked her thought here. That's why I included it. She said that she feels like it could also disincentive people solving the underlying issues. Like, if wizards summoned all plastic out of the ocean one day, that would definitely improve things for the ocean, but would also lead towards muggles being more likely to not try to stop getting plastic in the ocean because it would be magicked away. Also, she says, but there are other areas that would probably be more of a general positive, like they can use repelling charms to actually have fully enforced no-human areas for conservation or protecting forests. I think my question to that is too, is if the magical community just unplasticked the whole ocean one day, do they have to tell the other muggles that they did that? Because if they don't tell them, maybe they will continue to carry on with their hopefully more nature-preserving practices and not go to completely re-pollution the ocean. So do we have to tell them? Well, I think we are pretty much aware that there is lots of plastic everywhere and other trash in our oceans because... If that would be all suddenly gone, we would be wondering, where did it go? What happens with it? So there would be lots of questions, because if you are looking at small remote islands, for example, when you look at those beaches, Mm. they're sometimes full of trash. Like, really, it's all coming with the waves, and it lands there on the beach. It's insane. They're like, how many shoes and empty bottles and that kind of stuff Mm. you can find there. It's crazy. I think it would raise a lot of questions. Yeah. Yeah, because you, you can you can clean it up, but where do you leave it? That's also a question. You cannot let it magically disappear in the air. But I think the question is what we're looking for is why can't they? Uh, yeah, they have now alternative uh, solutions for plastic use, like bamboo and mm. paper. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think the the need for plastic has to stop at this moment. But it's yeah. big industry behind it that says no because yeah. it's a byproduct of the oil manufacturing. So, yeah. Mm, yeah. One hand washes the other, so we don't have to be reliant of plastic anymore, but I think that's a big problem. Yeah. No, I agree. And going along with that, our friend Jeff said, other people won't do the good work just because you did it. So that's a, a good point to make, yeah. Roy, on the, uh, on the tip of Jeff's comment that they said. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay, thanks guys for your answers. And Juliana? Yes. Do-do-do-do-do-do. News. <sighs> Okay, so listeners, Snape, Snape, Shabbatish Snape, Dumbledore, Ron, Ron, Ron Weasley. Um, so 
contrary to what I just said, we're talking specifically about Snape today. And this was a discussion that was put forth by our lovely guest today, Roy, because he is a Snape enthusiast, which Roy, I'm excited to hear what you have to say, because I personally am a Snape hater. I don't like him. Why? Because I think he abuses children. That's why. Okay. That's my personal opinion, though. Again, (laughs) all Julieta's statements are her own. So I'm more than open to you convincing me to like him. I'm I'm hoping that that's where we end this conversation, but no guarantees. I think what we should do first, Roy, is why don't you tell people how you got into Harry Potter briefly, and then we will talk about your love of Severus Snape. Well, I got into Harry Potter, like, because, as I've mentioned before, I started with Star Wars, then you get the Lord of the Rings, the Hobbit, all that things. Nice. Uh, Harry Potter just came along, and when I met my wife, she was reading all the books at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we saw the last two movies in the movie theaters. So, yeah, then it went to um, grow, actually, and that's about it. All the characters um, are great, but in my opinion, Severus Snape is one of the uh, most interesting characters in the movies. So you met the Alan Rickman version of Snape first before you read him. Yeah. It makes more sense to me why you would like Snape a lot more if you met him on the screen versus the book first, as opposed to the other way around. Yeah, because when you start reading, reading the books, with his, when, when he's described with his greasy hairs and his hook nose and yeah. his... Uh, Use of side with children and yeah. actually hating children and yeah, um, pointing uh, some kids like I don't I like you I don't like you slithering rules and the rest is um, yeah yeah everyone else drools yeah I will say that his Snape in the books is much more raw and bad vile like defaultly bad and abusive I would say than yeah. Snape mm-hmm. in the movies and a lot more inhuman but you bring in a real person to play him and all of a sudden he becomes like a fleshy, fleshed out human being and it just by default because he's being played by a human being as opposed to being just written on a page becomes more of a human yeah when you're reading the books you can make a suggestion of that person in your own mind but mm-hmm. when you see him on the screen it's like it's like yeah. alan rickman and he played that role so well yeah he does and when then after that, I started reading the books, and then you get a whole different uh, image person he is, and the reasons why he does it, and because of the yeah. abuse of childhood, being a single parent, and mm-hmm. being bullied, yeah, that all adds up to the man he became and that he was. Yeah. Now, what about Snape kind of drew you in at first? Like, what about him makes you gravitate towards him? I think it's the the dark side that it's uh, on the dark side, and because he's flying around, he's being uh, a double agent for Voldemort. He's being a double agent, Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that side, and the, the side of him being bullied and becoming the man he he becomes and making the decision he wants. But um, I used to be bullied as a child as well, so at that time you also start to recognize the things that uh, he does in your own uh, life. So uh, that's a little bit. To, the things that draw me into him but mm-hmm. okay what from there where do you take it from there because i know that your wand business is called snivelous wands so you yeah. have a pretty deep connection to this character yeah because it's the name that the marauders are more particularly serious and names mm-hmm. and i wanted to take that name that has a bit of a negative into the positive oh i love that yeah, it's nice to see someone who is taking the positive side to Snape, because po- Snape isn't all bad. I definitely am not a fan of Snape, but there are different parts to him where he's not someone who's like Voldemort, who just like is by default all bad. Like there's nothing good about Voldemort. Voldemort never knows love. He never knows any of those things. Whereas Snape has like a little bit of a foray into love, at least gets a taste of it in his life. And I think that makes him a little bit more of a relatable character and possibly likable. 
he has his faults. So he, he, yeah. he fell in love with Lily and being bullied by the Marauders and he called Lily a mudblood. She didn't want anything with him anymore. He hated that uh, decision of calling her a mudblood so bad he takes it to his own fault. He hated himself doing that. And after all of that, um, yeah, it's really um, made him the man he was at that moment. Even when he uh, heard the prophecy from Polony about the boy who was going to be born uh, in July in 1980, told that to Voldemort, and not knowingly that uh, Voldemort would choose Harry instead of a mammal. Mm-hmm. So, therefore, he was also putting Lily in danger, the woman he loved, and probably the only one he loved at that moment. Yes. Roy, I have a, a question and a challenge of you that I'd like to ask. Okay. <laughs> Convince me why I should like Severus Snape. Tell me all the reasons why you think that Severus Snape is, one, a redeemable character, and two, worthy of being your favorite character. That way I can see, and Mel can see from your perspective, why Snape is, like, your number one homeboy. He he knew he made some mistakes in his early days. He tried all his life to make that into a positive. Well, I know he's been vile to a lot of his students, except for the Severance. Yes. But he had the best of his meanings. He protected students no matter what. Mm-hmm. People thought he was vile, but in his heart, he was protecting the students for going to the dark side, uh, being attacked by or even killed by Voldemort and his Death Eaters. He even he learned them spells. He learned them how to make potions. Uh, he learned Harry like the Expelliarmus, the only spell that Harry used. I was say, the only spell that Harry has ever used in his entire life. Oh, only ever used in his entire <laughs> life, and it's it's held him from um, from the dark magic. He, Snape always told him he doesn't have to uh, cast dark magic; he just has to block it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I will give Snape a lot of extra credit points because you're right. He does teach Harry the only spell he literally almost ever uses in the entirety of his life. Yeah, second Sempra, but he didn't know what oh, yeah. that spell did. Yeah, he's just saying words at that point. That's not knowing a spell. That's just reading things off a page. Yeah. Did I convince you a little, a little bit? I'll give you some bonus points on the Experiamus thing because, again, <laughs> it's the only spell that Harry ever uses. And it does save his life and the wizarding world from pure doom. Yeah, because if, if he didn't uh, told Harry about the Bezoar, he wouldn't have saved Ron and Ron would have died. Mm, that's true, too. Mm. Yeah. And he brewed uh, the Wolfsbane potion for uh, Lupin, Lupin to stay human while he was in full fan state. Yeah. yeah. That's a plus for him. So even Lupin was his, one of the persons who breathed him at the moon, but after all, he helped him get through that state. We know that if it wasn't for Dumbledore, Snape would probably not be a teacher at Hogwarts. And being forced in this position, I think, makes him very frustrated and that he has to deal with the kids every day. And some of them can be quite... Like 11-year-olds? Yeah, well, children. <laughs> yeah, no, you know. And... <laughs> like middle schoolers? <laughs> He does not have any patience for that. So I think he feels like they're wasting his time. He has Mm. this knowledge that he is supposed to teach them and they are like not taking it serious. They are just acting stupidly because they are teenagers and he does not have any any understanding for that. And that's where he gets so rude and frustrated with them and doesn't care and is also mean to them. Mm. No, I I have a question about that. Yeah. Do we think that Snape is mean to all the kids because he was a kind of robbed himself of a childhood from the abuse he suffered from his parents and also from the abuse he suffered at school. He never, I feel like, was allowed to just be a kid. And so is he potentially harboring some hatred towards these kids for actually being able to act like children when he was never granted that privilege? What do we think on that? 
Yeah, I think you may, maybe got a point in that, but yeah. I think he was always frustrated that he didn't get the job for the Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher, and he always got the Potions teacher. That too, yeah. But yeah, there was a curse on that job, because yeah, every, every uh, Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher never lasted a year. Yeah, and Dumbledore can't have Snape be there. Yeah, that's because of the curse that Voldemort spoke against it. But being in a classroom and you have to look at Harry and he has the resemblance of his father, uh, the mm -hmm. man who so much... And his mother. Yeah. You have Lily's eyes. Yeah, reminding <laughs> him of, of those bad days. I also feel like when you look at how we have grown up and how we went to school, there always seems to be this case of someone who has been having a bad childhood, for example, either turns himself into a bully in school because that's where they can finally let out their frustration and they don't necessarily mean to be like that, but they're so frustrated from what they have, what they're receiving at home that they become in turn a bully in school or mm -hmm. they are being bullied and they turn into a nicer person. They have experienced how bad it is and they don't ever want to be like that and treat others like that. So there's always two outcomes in some way. Yeah. And I feel like now that Roy also said that he has been bullied at school, I think we all have been. Or I don't know, Juliana, have you been bullied much in school? I definitely have. Yeah. I was like in the, <laughs> I like to say in high school, I was in the, the bottom 5% of popularity <laughs> um, at best. <laughs> Everyone who has experienced that kind of stuff will evidently have a moment in the past where they are not proud of that they have acted badly to towards someone else and treated them badly mm -hmm. just because you were so frustrated and you will regret it afterwards or you will just stay on that path and you continue being a bully and i think that's where snape got stuck that he just stayed a bully he was bullied himself from that frustration, he just turned into a grumpy man himself and is bullying now the children because they are kind of defenseless, that no one is really seeming to act on it when he is doing that, and Dumbledore is not putting any stop to it either, which frustrates me and makes me even more angry. I yeah. think that Snape is a very deeply flawed character, but also so interesting with everything that goes on behind the scenes that we don't immediately see and so on. So that I can understand from that standpoint totally why someone says Snape is my favorite character, because there is so much about him to discover and to consider. Yeah, I have two points that I want to go off of for what you said, Mel. First off, everything you're saying kind of plays into the fact that there is no solid mental health care provided to the Hogwarts students or the teachers. That is something that, that should, <laughs> should be addressed. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, all of these things are things that are kind of held in traumas that are then pent up and then released on whoever the audience happens to be when that breaking point reaches. Yeah. Back in that time, in general, I think it wasn't taken very serious when children were like yeah. being bullied or bullying in general. And it's only become more and more a conscious thing. And mm -hmm. like having someone to talk to in school, a therapist, for example, has also not been a regular thing back in the day. I didn't have that in school. We had yeah. a teacher that we could possibly go to, but no one ever dared to because you would immediately know, oh, you told on me. Now you get it even worse. Uh -huh. So there is so much pressure on that as well i think nowadays and especially in america it seems to be a much more common thing that you do have a therapist 
in school. Oh, yeah. Where everyone is being sent to if there is such a thing that the teachers are aware of. Yeah, it definitely is much more of a new thing. No, because in my, my time when, when I got home and I said this, this or that one, I'd say, well, you better learn how to fight back because otherwise you don't stand a chance. Yeah, exactly. The mindset was so different. Those were different times that we didn't mm-hmm. have a, a, a teacher to go to or, or a psychologist uh, that was in class. You just had to toughen up and that's it. Yeah. yeah. I learned to deal with that. A few of my friends didn't got to deal with that. And, um, as Mel said, some people who have been bullied, they go back in bullying because that's their comfort zone. That's the only thing they know. Mm-hmm. Because it's easy and indeed that's the emotions and the feelings they know because they work with those feelings and they put the feelings back to other people they want to bully. Or you can say, well, I don't want anything to do with it. I want to better my life and I want to do the exact opposite. And that's exactly what I did. Yeah, same. Yeah, because when I when I see that someone is mean to one another, I I, I talk to that person and it's better think about what your actions are going to do to that person. Yeah. Some, pe- some people don't, but they, because because especially children, they don't see the consequence of their actions. What it's going to do with with the person in. Their- yeah. Okay, so my other point that I wanted to make was, I feel like people like yourself, Roy, I have a soft spot for and like Snape because in some capacity you identify with some facet of Snape, like the being made fun of part, the possibly lashing out on people on accident. I mean, I'm not perfect in any capacity. I have lashed out on many a person. In my years of therapy, I've gotten better about that. But definitely, I feel like people who are snape appreciators like yourself right definitely see at least identify a part of themselves in what they see in snape maybe it's the parental abuse maybe it's the like loss of the of a loved one whatever that part of snape that you identify with i feel like because the harry potter community lovingly so is made out of a community of like outcasts people who were questioning where they belong couldn't find their tribe until they went to their version of hogwarts which is kind of like our little potter community that we have and they met some other weirdos who are just like them yeah they got to really feel like they have a community for the first time and I feel like because of that experience, a lot of us, like we've talked about, have experienced bullying in a very real manner, whether it be currently or in the past. And because of those experiences and where we all come from as human beings, I think we can all see part of ourselves in Snape. And that makes him a relatable and possibly likable character, dare I say. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. You know. You. Know, he started as a as a bad guy, but in the end of the uh, series, he was kind of a hero. Mm-hmm. Even after he died, uh, people started to realize what he has done with all the, uh, double agenda, and that he was there to protect children and not to harm them. Mm-hmm. Even though he was vile and mean to them in the first year, doesn't mean that he wasn't that to them in the last year they served at school. Even when the Battle of Hogwarts started. Uh, he, he, he had to make some uh, poor decisions, but yeah, but Dumbledore also had an agenda which Snape didn't approve sometimes with. Yeah. Not only Snape was the bad guy, but Dumbledore also. Yes, I, I mean, that's why I love Dumbledore too, because people who are very casual Harry Potter fans, they're like, Dumbledore is great. I'm like, no, Dumbledore has many levels to him. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what I love about Dumbledore is the layers that he has. And I think that's what you, Roy, and a lot of other people really like about Snape is that he's like an onion. He's got layers. It's like an ogre. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. They both have layers. And I think the initial angle that you come at both of them from is a little bit different. Like Dumbledore's initial angle is like, I'm the good guy. And Snape is like, I'm the bad guy. But when you really pull back the layers, they're really not that different, more or less. And Dumbledore definitely Mm -hmm. does his fair share of child abuse. Like, let's be real here. 
So he is not without any guilt on his name. And as a Dumbledore fan, I will put that out there into the world for most of these books. I think that some, I was going to call him Snumbledore, uh, which I guess is their couple name. <laughs> Snumbledore. Snumbledore. If that's your OTP, let us know. If Snumbledore is your one true pairing, shout us out. Let us know. But comparing those two, for me, has kind of put a new light on Snape in a way of that I feel like he is much more approachable as a Aww. character and someone who is a little bit more likable. And I can see why you like him, Roy. Mm. Yeah, he has many layers, and it's 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 it's, it's not like he's Lockhart. So. Yeah, Lockhart has uh, exactly half a layer of personality. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, but it's it's just a character with lots of faces. Yeah, definitely, I agree. Yeah, Roy, what what final words would you like our listeners to have in regards to Snape? Uh, well, I don't know if he's the best, but why you should love him is because. Despite all of the faults he made, all of the vile, nasty remarks he made at the children, uh, he was always there for their best good and training them and making them stand up for themselves uh, with the upcoming war. I think he didn't do a bad job. Yeah, protecting the children. When you read the books, the first books, you couldn't see that he was protecting them. But in the end, all came to near that uh, he only had the best interest for the school, for the teachers, and for the children. He sacrificed himself for others to survive. Listeners, make sure you let us know. Are you pro-Snape? Anti-Snape? In the middle Snape? <laughs> and why is the most important question. Yes, and give us your rationale why. We'll, we'll probably read it on the next episode if you want to let us know. Yeah. But, Roy, thank you so much for that discussion. You're welcome. And... Let us head on into our game for the episode. So listeners, now we're going to get into our game. And it's, are you puffing kidding me? Which you never would have guessed, right? Uh, so No, what? I've never heard of this game before. We've never played this game before once in our lives. It's brand new! Uh, yeah! I'm so inventive. I couldn't prepare. I mean, that's kind of how it feels most of the time. <laughs> Not gonna lie. Mel and I are like, what do we say now? I don't know. But Why are we still playing this? <laughs> yeah, because we haven't thought of anything better. <laughs> no, it's fun. <laughs> this is our game where each person has one quote-unquote fact that they're going to tell about themselves to the group, and then the group must vote if that person is telling the truth or puffing with them and then each person guessing can also ask one question of the person giving the statement and roy if you would like to go first we hand the floor over to you uh when i was a young kid at the age of five uh, i could speak the german language better than the dutch one <gasps> with dutch language i mean proper dutch as we call it abm algemeen beschaft nederlands and i don't mean the dialect we spoke at home or in the region where I okay okay what language did your parents use with you growing up uh, dialect, but dialect. two different dialects. My dad came from another town than my mother, and the dialect I spoke was way different than the other one. Because when my mother first came at my father's house, yeah, she couldn't speak the dialect, he would speak my but it's like uh, 15 miles apart they were. They couldn't understand each other's dialect. Oh, wow. So okay. when my mother came at my father's house and my father brought her home, he said, well, we fooled you this time, uh, this evening, right? We made really fun jokes about you. My mother said, I don't know because I didn't understand the thing we were saying today. Oh, no. <laughs> so I talked to my father one dialect and I was talking to my mother another dialect oh, and Dutch and German. So I'm, language is a bit, bit of my thing. So, How come that you spoke so good German? Did you learn it in school or at home as well? Well, since um, Mel, you've been, you've grown up in Germany. Yes. You know the shows uh, Die Rappelkiste or Hallo Spencer? 
from early days? No, she says. I don't think I do. At that time, we didn't have cable TV, no internet. Early days, I was in the 80s. We only had six television networks. There was two in the Netherlands, three Dutch, one French, one Italian. On the Dutch, German one, children programs were on, like the tools and shows. Dutch television didn't have that one. They always watched German ones. Ah, uh, I am looking at pictures right now of Rappelkiste, and I have seen these faces. Yeah. But I'm also seeing that it was running from 1973 until 84. Yeah. I'm born in 72, so... Okay, yeah. I am born in... <laughs> and I'm blurping that out. I was going to say, Mel's going to cut that out. Because I keep it a secret. <laughs> I'm keeping my age a secret. Although people can kind of guess, but after I was born, it has ended. So okay. that would kind of explain why it maybe has not been shown yeah. anymore. Yeah, or, or, or the, the Sesamstraße was also long. So. Oh, that I have definitely watched. I love yeah. the Sesamstraße. Okay. I think you're telling the truth, Roy. I, you know, I really want this to be true. It's kind of fun. <laughs> um, and I know you know at least some German still. You have shared some with me. So yeah. um, I also say it's true. Okay, you want to know the answer? Yeah. It's true. Aha! Yay! <laughs> I think we need to keep a tally too, Mel, of how many Hufflepuffs have ever lied to us, because I think it's zero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Hufflepuff are very honest people. Yeah, unless it's me or Mel. We like to lie a lot when this game comes to this game specifically. <laughs> but that is really interesting. Um, yeah. I definitely have lots of memories since in our talk before we started recording. Yeah. I already told you where I come from. And it's so close to the border to you that... Because um, right, right now, I live now uh, 800 meters from the border, so um, yeah. Yeah, oh, wow. so we have been like many times over there and just hearing the language is just so fun. It always sounds... I hope you don't take this bad. No, no. It always sounds to us Germans like you have a hot potato in your mouth and you're speaking <laughs> German, but with a hot potato in your mouth and you have lots of... Like, like, no, no, but that's like the, the Dutch from above the river, we always say this is okay. like, like in Amsterdam, Rotterdam. We, we, yeah. don't, we, don't, we don't have that in Limburg. Okay, interesting. Can you give me a sample of what that might sound like? Like, goeienavond. 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 I always loved the sound of the language. It just sounds so good to me somehow. I don't know. <laughs> but here in Limburg we say Guiabut. Okay, next one. Me, you, Juliana, who wants to go? Okay, so my statement is that I have run a 5K dressed as the Joker from Batman. <laughs> uh, where did you run that one? It was when I was in college. And where? It was at my college. I think it was associated with a local group that was putting on, but it was at the field where my college holds sporting games. Okay. Like it started and ended there. Which Joker? Uh, the anime is based off of the animated Joker. And it was because one of the first friends that I met in college, it was a costume 5K. She is and was a very avid Harley Quinn cosplayer and had like full on like big Harley Quinn cosplay with like the hammer and everything. And I knew I wanted to run this 5K, and she was like, run it with me, and we can dress up as Harley Quinn and the Joker, and I didn't have anyone else to run it with, so I was like, you know what, it's fine, like, the Joker's really not that terrible of a costume to try and put together. I just kind of fell into that because she was already doing Harley Quinn, and we needed to come up with, like, some kind of costume for me to wear, and I knew I was going to run it with her anyway, so. Okay. Is it only the costume, or only also the full makeup? 
Um, it was kind of like a modified makeup just because we had just basic face paint stuff that we had bought for me. Because she had the white, but she didn't have like the green and stuff. Uh, Roy, what do you think? Is she telling the truth or is she puffing with us? I don't know. Would I be crazy enough to run, run around Framingham as the Joker? <laughs> was it in summer? It was the fall. So oh. it was part of like our homecoming celebration that we have in the fall. They had a costume 5k. I love how Roy is abusing the rule of one question and ask ten. <laughs> and I'm just telling him anyway. I'm new at the program, so I, I I didn't read the rules that well. I think she's telling the truth. I think that she is lying. Oh, why do you think I'm lying? Because where is the picture proof? Every time you are running, you are having a picture of your finish line. Or in between. There's always someone taking pictures and you always make a point of posting these pictures. And I've never heard of this before and never seen it. So I think that is not true. Mm, okay. It is not true. Yes. Uh. <laughs> but th this would have actually come before I had any pictures of me running. So in that timeline, it would fall. And one of the first friends I made at Framingham State was a, a hardcore Harley Quinn cosplayer. Like she went to all the conventions, had like a full professionally made everything. And she actually did do some runs with me. So it was based off of reality. Yeah, I honestly would have loved to see you do that. Maybe do it in the future. I but I was so sure you would have pictures of that and you would have told us for sure. <laughs> I might have told you, but I definitely wouldn't have had pictures because that no? was before I had it. Yeah, because that was like, that was a little bit before. That was like 2010. And race pictures just started being more of a thing back like the last five years ago. Okay. All right. So on the topic of villains, I have chosen a memory that is the following. I used to pretend to be a superhero in our streets and run around and save <laughs> people. Uh, I can just say from my own personal experience, I did this as a kid, like 100%. <laughs> I was like jumping. We would like go into people's backyards sometimes that we weren't supposed to be in. And my mom was like, get out of the backyard. I'd be like, well, I don't want to be back here. They have a good rock. Because, you know, sometimes <laughs> you get those good rocks that are just good for standing on. Did you also have a cape? Uh, I don't think I I, I I must have had a cape. I know I had fairy wings at one point. Ah, uh, no, I, I had a cape. Me and my brother loved Batman and Spider-Man. Oh, okay. Spider-Man doesn't have a cape, but Batman does. Which character did you play, Mal? Did you have a specific character that you were cosplaying as a child? Okay, so I was hoping you would not ask that because it's a bit embarrassing. <laughs> okay, so I was very much into My Little Pony. Okay. And I had these Little Pony figurines. Uh -huh. One of my favorite ones was a baby. They had like these diapers. You could feed them with a bottle and they would pee. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think to remember it was called Moonstern or... Oh, Moonshine, maybe? And it's in English, maybe Moonshine Moonburst or something like that. Yeah, Moonshine's one of the My Little Ponies. Yeah. So I just took that name. I didn't make up another name but that was one of my favorite ones so i had that name in german and mm -hmm. that was it and i had a uh, because the pony was pink and had i think bluish hair bluish green hair my cape had the, those colors as well but you only had the cape or something else just the cape nothing else I like I want to say that this is true because like I definitely did this as a child and a hundred percent was like me and my siblings were like ramshackling the entire neighborhood. 
But I, I feel like every time you give us details, Mel, that are that in-depth, like the Little Pony story, I feel like you're making it up. I, I want to say that it's true, and you probably did some variation on this, but I think there's something that's awry here, and I want to say that it's false. Juliana always thinks I'm lying. <laughs> I feel like because every time I believed you, it's been a lie, and I'm like, I gotta, I gotta like rectify this, you know? <laughs> I, I feel like something is wrong here. Many bruises were given and taken at that time by me and my brother, yeah. for sure. What do you think, Roy? Well, I can't picture My Little Pony with a cape. Mm. Oh, it was just a combination, basically, of... Of the name. The and name and color. the colors. And then being a superhero, you have to have a cape, of course. So you were, so. You were the Mor- Morgenstern neighborhood. <laughs> that was your name. Yeah. yeah, not the weapon, but the little pony, oh. yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. So you like, like the ninja of the neighborhood. Yeah. I think it's true. Okay. And Juliana says it's false. Yeah. Okay. It is false. Oh. Yes. <laughs> All the details you gave, I was like, ha, this is Mel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did, okay. did you play superheroes though in some capacity? Yeah, definitely. Me and my brother were truly okay. like, we loved like Batman and Spider-Man and we were mm-hmm. always fighting against each other as these superheroes. And I loved my little pony and I definitely had that little one. Yeah. Moonshine. Yeah. But no, I did not run around with a cape. Unfortunately, that part is not true. (laughs) Sorry, Roy. Just wanted to believe. (laughs) But that actually uh, changes the point stand a little bit. So it's getting more exciting. So Roy got unfortunately zero points this round. Juliana and me both made two points. And these are my first two points in this game. Ooh. So that gives us a new tally of Juliana on place number one with four points. And the guests and me are tied currently for second place with two points. Oh. So there we go. That was great. <laughs> Hashtag redemption for Juliana. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag year of our great Lord Voldemort. <laughs> <laughs> for now. <laughs> for now. For now. Yeah, for now. Yeah. I know. I say that now and it's going to come back to bite me. But just like Nagini came back to bite everyone else. Okay. <laughs> Okay, well, Roy, thank you again for joining us for today's episode. Yes, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. I think before we sign off, let's hand it over to Buttercup just one more time for this episode. And maybe she'd like to give us a question. Snape, Snape, Severus Snape Buttercup. That's me. Hi there. Our question of the week is, do you think that Severus Snape is a redeemable character? Why do you love him? Or why not? All thoughts and comments are welcome. Send them to us via social media or email at puffcastpod at gmail.com. Listeners, if you'd like to send your responses to Buttercup's question or any of the other queries that we have posed in this episode, you can send them over to puffcastpod at gmail.com. But we would just like to say a resounding thank you to Roy for being here today. Thank you. Yay. It was so nice to finally get to chat with you. Yes. Yeah. And Roy, if you could let listeners know if they're interested in seeing your work, maybe hiring you for a job because me and Mel can both attest to the fact that we both own different wands that he's created and they are absolutely gorgeous to say the absolute least. So beautiful, truly. Thank you, thank you. So if you are looking for a wand, I, I think I would call your style, Roy, naturally inspired dark wood. You know, it's kind of like a darker tone to it, more or less. Yeah, a bit, a bit like the, the, the stape of the wand maker. 
Yeah, yeah. It's not it's not evil in any capacity. No, but it is on the darker side. Mine is so beautiful. I love this one. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) By the way, this spiral part that you do. Yeah. Truly, like every time you have a wand designed like this, I feel like I need this wand. It's so beautiful. I don't know how you manage to do that. It's so pretty, and it reminds me now a little bit of the ancient magic. Flame oh, thingy from thing. Hogwarts Legacy. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, it's it's having that style in that way as well. Yeah, the, the inspiration for those came from the, the Renaissance sabers from the period from the 15th, 16th. Oh. From the French, uh, like the Musketeers, you know, from D'Artagnan. Yeah. And he, he carried a sword with a, with a handle like that. So that's yeah. kind of the inspiration for that one. It's so beautiful. And I, I have a snake. Yes, you have a snake. Because <laughs> you said you were Hufflepuff with a with a part of Slytherin. So that's why I made a snake for you. You chose it for me. It chose you. Yeah, yes, it is gorgeous. But Roy, if listeners would like to check out your work, where can they find you? They can find me at Snivellus underscore once on Instagram and on Facebook. Uh, my Etsy shop is uh, linked to my Instagram account. So that's where you can find me. And listeners, be sure to go check out Roy's work. He's always coming out with new wand designs pretty frequently. And he is also part of the Wandmakers Unite group that we spoke about with Eric, where they're doing the quarterly challenges. So keep an eye out for that as well. Those are amazing. Yeah, thank you. And and I'm happy to see Eric and Joe soon, because in June we're going to the studios. So we're going to meet meet up in real life. So yeah, we're looking forward to seeing the pictures of that. That'll be so fun. That's going to be fun. We're going to have the best time. Yeah, I hope so. (laughs) We send you big puff hugs. Puff hugs, Zach. Yes. And listeners, if you would like to get in contact with us over here on Puffcast, you can listen to us on all platforms where podcasts are found. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at PuffcastPod. You can find us over on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Puffcast. And send us all of your thoughts, feelings, emotions, opinions on Snape. Snape. To puffcastpod at gmail.com. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash puffcast for as little as $2 a month. And this past month's donation has gone to the Jane Goodall Foundation. Thank you to Eric for suggesting that. And a shout out to David of Crooked Wands for also helping us donate and upping our donation to the charity we choose every week, every month. Sorry, not every week. And if you would like to join us, again, it is patreon.com slash puffcast. You can get access to bloopers, behind the scenes things episode docs juliana's advent calendar and many hot 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 spicy takes that are too spicy for the podcast but not too spicy for patreon <laughs> so head on over to puffcast patreon.com slash puffcast and you can also head up bonfire.com search the word puffcast and buy a puffcast shirt bonfire.com search the word puffcast we are the only shirt that comes up and you can look very stylish in a puffcast shirt Oh boy, nothing looks sexier than wearing a puffcast shirt. Um, and if you'd like to rate, rate and review us, you can. <laughs> Roy's like, what did I get myself into? What is Juliana? Doing? I am asking myself what. <laughs> it's, more, it's becoming more and more like a John Connery expression, except oh, instead of Snape. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And if you would like to rate and review us, you can leave us a podcast review on Apple Podcast <laughs> and Spotify, and leave us five star review, and I will read it here on the podcast. Snape himself <laughs> will read it here. Snape will read it here. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, until next time. Play Puffy. And make it on. I like how we all sound like very different. <laughs> I feel like I'm more like, <laughs> like no one, anyone who guessed would be, no one would guess like, oh yeah, they're all doing Snape. They'd be like, no. oh, Roy's doing Snape. Juliana's doing Count Olaf from a very unfortunate <laughs> <laughs> 